0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, who doesn't love good mystery? From Sherlock Holmes to the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew to the classic board game Clue, we can see that the human mind has long been captivated by a good mystery. And tonight's gospel is full of that mystery. How is it that the star indicated to the wise men that the one who was born king of the Jews had actually arrived? Now, we can make some good guesses from the Old Testament text to connect the appearance of the star over Bethlehem, and we can also make some guesses as to how the wise men actually came to possess these texts so that they could read and study them, and when they saw the star, they said, Oh, the one who's been born king of the Jews, he's here. But, in the end, it will remain a mystery, likely until the Lord's return. Or, what about their gifts? Gold, and frankincense, and myrrh, which indicate Christ's offices as our king, our priest, and also as the final sacrifice. What did these magi actually know about Jesus? We don't know. We're not told. Now, as tasty as these mysteries may be, there's an even deeper mystery that is revealed to us by the visit of these wise men. This mystery was not made known in previous generations. It's brand new. That is, it was not known before the coming of Christ. As you may recall, on Christmas morning, we learned from the Apostle John how it is that God has made himself known and his love through the incarnation and birth of his son the one who is the eternal word of god how he became flesh for us so that we would be saved from our sins yes the prophets bore witness to it in their preaching but it was given in puzzle pieces scattered over hundreds of years and given through more than a dozen writers and preachers The true nature of God and his love for man is not made fully known until Jesus is actually born. Now that is the mystery, with a capital M, that God has sent his Son into the flesh to rescue us. But Paul, in our epistle reading from Ephesians chapter 3, is writing about a slightly different mystery that can be filed under that one big mystery. He says, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Listen again very closely here. This mystery is that the Gentiles our fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now, I don't wonder if this statement has lost its punch after two millennia of Christianity. I don't know how many ethnic Jews are actually Christians today, but I'm guessing it's a drop in the bucket ...compared to the rest of the church's ethnic makeup. Probably more so if you consider all of the Christians who have ever lived since the time of the apostles. Now I know you've heard me say this before, but I'm guessing none of you are Hebrews. And we don't even think at all about how being fellow heirs of all of that, all things that belong to God... ...and partakers of the promises of the gospel through Christ Jesus... We don't even think about it as that big of a deal from a Jew and Gentile perspective. Don't hear me saying that we're not excited that God has saved us. But we don't think about the fact that God has specifically come now to save us as Gentiles and not just the Jews. But consider this. The whole Old Testament is geared towards the Hebrew people what it is to be a Hebrew person. And it does so in terms of things like circumcision, which we talked about on Sunday, and the sacrifices, the Passover, dietary laws, all of those things. And when these things began to fall fall away in the Old Testament, that was when God's judgment was actually visited upon his people because they stopped being Hebrews, at least according to the biblical definition. To be a Hebrew person in the Old Testament was to be an eighth-day-circumcising, Passover-keeping, clean-food-only-eating Hebrew. The early Christians during the apostolic era struggled with this. The vast majority of Christians in those days were, in fact, Hebrews. The shift from these Old Testament observances to the things like baptism and the Lord's Supper, the practices that we take for granted to a certain degree today, these practices not only altered what they ate, how they lived, but also how they worshipped and conducted their day-to-day lives in a radical way, almost overnight in comparison to the history of the Jewish people. When Christ fulfilled these things, how the Christians, how how the Christian Hebrews saw themselves changed forever, and so they struggled with this. They struggled mightily with wit, what did it mean to be a Hebrew and a Christian. There were many who believed that when the Gentiles began to come into the church that they actually had to become Jewish before they became Christians, meaning that they had to circumcise their men and their boys and follow the dietary laws at the very least. That was like bare minimum stuff that they thought that the, the Gentile converts had to do. Peter, the chief of the apostles, was swayed by this thinking at times, resulting in outright conflict between He and St. Paul in one place. Paul spent his entire ministry battling these guys who were following him around. We call them the Judaizers or the party of the circumcision. Because they were following Paul in order to mislead the Gentile Christians into thinking that their salvation was dependent on them keeping the customs of the Old Covenant. So do not take this for granted. St. Paul says that this is the mystery that was hidden for ages in God. This is why Jesus says hard things to the apostles, like only go to the towns of the people of Israel. Don't go to Gentile towns. Or he tells the Syrophoenician woman, we hear this story every year in Lent, that he was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We cannot simply sidestep these things because we can't really be called Christians if we sidestep the sayings of our Lord Jesus. But the mystery is that you have been incorporated as heirs of all of that, all the things that belong to God, partakers of his promises in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This means that you aren't some second-class citizen before God, that you have been adopted as his own beloved child. And make no mistake, adoption actually makes real children. You, who have been baptized by the, bearing the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are God's children. And as heirs, you Have everything that belongs to God. And you are co heirs now with Christ and everything that is His. In other words, as St. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians, there is no Jew or Greek. There is no Jew or Gentile in terms of the church. There is no one standing in front of us in terms of our salvation. You have been grafted into the family of God. You are a child of Abraham. So when you sing Father Abraham in Sunday school, he really is your spiritual father. You are a child of Abraham in whose seed, that is, in Christ, all of the families of the earth have been blessed by your baptism You have been incorporated into the riches of all that belongs to God the Father and made partakers of all things eternal, even with the Old Testament saints who have gone before us. Which means that when you read things like Isaiah 60 or Genesis or Exodus or any of the great stories of the Old Testament, you're not simply reading some old, dusty stories from history. That their story is also your story, and their family tree is our family tree. When you hear these tales of God's salvation, making the people of Israel walk through the Red Sea on dry ground, bringing them into the promised land, that is not someone else's story, that is your story is a prefiguring of your baptism into Jesus, and it is a prefiguring of God bringing you into the land of promise. These stories, the Old Testament stories, it's ours. It's where we have come from. And our brothers, the wise men who came to worship the one who was born king, were but the first to actually see these riches with their own eyes as they saw the Christ child in Bethlehem. And tonight, as we mark the visit to the one born King of the Jews, we bow down at this mystery, giving thanks to God for all that he has done in rescuing us from sin and death and also making us his children by the blood that flowed from his precious wounds. And now, as St. Paul says, we have unprecedented, unfettered access to him because of Christ Jesus. You, dear saints, are heirs and children of God. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding... Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.